crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm your host, Brent Nachtigall. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks also to Christopher Reams for taking the programs the last couple of weeks. He's been talking about the tribes of ancient Israel and the modern nations that they comprise and who they and the nations that are going to fulfill the biblical prophecies about those tribes. If you haven't listened to those programs, of course, you can go to our website to find those. And uh, they've been getting lots of traffic and lots of feedback. So if you want to encourage Chris to keep on going with that series, please write him an email. You can write any uh, emails to me or him or about the website by writing emails to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. Today I'm actually in England, the United Kingdom, with my family, uh, but I am going to cover news about the state of Israel and also about the United States and the relationship that those two nations had during the Obama administration, particularly as new revelations are coming out about uh, what led to the firing of General Flynn. And this was a story that came out overnight by Lee Smith. He's the author of The Plot Against the President, and his article was published in Tablet Magazine or Tablet Online, I believe. And it's entitled, How Russiagate Began with Obama's Iran Deal Domestic Spying Campaign. It's really interesting. It's a bit of a long read. I'll leave a link to the, to the entire article. Uh, we'll leave a link to the article where you can read the entire article uh, in the show notes of today's program. Uh, but what he does is he goes through this critical time frame of President Obama's administration uh, when they targeted Michael Flynn right as uh, he was the incoming national security advisor for President Trump back towards the end of 2016 after the election that President Trump won and before he was inaugurated into office and the different conversations that they were listening into, uh, that is by the um, Obama administration's uh, intelligence agencies were looking into at the time of Michael Flynn and what led to him getting fired. Uh, We're not going to go into how the Obama administration framed Flynn and got him removed from power. I do want to go into why he did it, why he did it. And it has everything to do with Israel, in fact, Israel and Iran. And particularly, it has to do with how Flynn, uh, who was really an Iran hawk, who actively, uh, the fact that Flynn actively worked against Obama's Iran deal, and perhaps better than anyone else in the world and anyone else, especially in the United States, he understood, Flynn did, how Iran was the head of the terrorist snake in the Middle East and how the Iran deal was the worst possible arrangement that it allowed Iran to rise to king status in the Middle East, and he accurately saw how empowering Iran was a specific continuation of Obama's anti-Israel policy. And this was not just anti-Israel, I should say, but but Israel-destroying policy. It's interesting when you read through all of uh, this piece, and I really do... Um, admonish you to do so because especially if you're an Israeli because it, it makes you show it shows you how far the Obama administration went at trying to empower the 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 Iranians at the expense of the Israelis and tried to hide things from the things from the Israelis as well and it shows and talks about how the Obama administration obviously was spying on Israel spying on Netanyahu at the time 
and spying on American citizens, American citizens that were talking with Israelis. Of course, the conversations that were taking place with Israelis gave the spy agencies the credit, the the ability to then go and listen to the calls. But they weren't just interested in what the Israelis were saying. More than that, they were interested in what the Americans were saying. They were interested in what the American congressmen were saying, American senators were saying to Israel, to, to Israelis, to Israeli support groups, to Israeli lobbying agencies. They were interested because they wanted to find out what the American citizens thought, what the Americans' tactics were going to be against Obama's administration uh, and the nuclear deal. That's why they were tapping them. It wasn't about what Israel was going to do, although that was important to know, whether Israel early on was going to attack Iran's nuclear facilities. That was a big concern of the Obama administration back in 2011 and 12, right when there was secret negotiations taking place between Iran and the United States to see if there could be a nuclear deal or some type of deal that would raise Iran's status in the Middle East to not of, of pariah, but just as a normal nation. There was back-channel deals going on at that time that were kept hidden from Israel uh, all the way back there in 2012. And since that time, the, the United States has been spying on Israel, just as all nations spy on different nations. I'm not necessarily saying that that's different or that's out of the ordinary, but it is out of the ordinary that they would spy on Israel so that they could see who they needed to target within America, within um, the Republican Party. This is what Smith writes here in his article. This is close to the start. The question of why Obama was so focused on Flynn is especially revealing now. The Department of Justice recently with, uh, filed to withdraw charges against the retired three-star general for making false statements to the FBI in a January 24, 2017 interview regarding a phone call with a Russian diplomat. The circumstances surrounding the call and the subsequent FBI interview have given rise to a vast conspiracy theory that was weaponized to imprison a decorated war hero and a strategic thinker whose battlefield innovations saved countless American lives. There is no evidence that Flynn colluded with Russia, and the, the evidence that Flynn did not and the evidence that Flynn did not make false statements to the FBI has been buried by the Bureau including current director Christopher Wray. So, he says, if the Obama administration wasn't alarmed by Flynn's non-existent ties to Russia, why was he Obama's number one target? If the Russia part of it was just a nothing, why did he want to take him down? Why were officials from the previous administration intercepting his phone calls with the Russian ambassador? The answer, this is Smith writing, the answer is that Obama saw Flynn as a signal threat to his legacy, which was rooted in his July 2015 nuclear agreement with Iran, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, or JCPOA. Flynn had lo said long before he signed on with the Trump campaign that it was a catastrophe to realign American interests with those of a terrorist state. And now that the, the candidate he'd advised was the new president-elect, Flynn was in a position to help undo the deal. To stop Flynn, the outgoing White House ran the same offense it used to sell the Iran deal. They smeared Flynn through the press as an agent of a foreign power, spied on him, and leaked classified intercepts of his conversations to a reliable echo chamber allies. So that's what they did. All through the Iran deal, you remember the echo chamber that was created by Ben Rhodes with the 
the uh, press whose average age, age was 27 that he called no nothing so that you could feed the press anything and they'll just go and run with it. And whatever uh, type of narrative that was sold to them by the Obama administration. And of course, you had the spying that was going on during the during the nuclear deal and the lead up to the nuclear deal, as I, as I stated before, and as this article even goes into, and they use those same, those, those, that same process to then get rid of Flynn. So what's interesting, of course, is that when they did get rid of him, Trump went to uh, Bolton, I think, and um, Pompeo and the rest of the team. And of, of course, I think it's far more than just Flynn's anti-Iran position, why they went after him. They also used that as further justification to spy on the Trump administration uh, going forward. The Obama administration did, and the Obama people, the deep state. But I am going to focus on this angle of Obama wanting to keep the Iran deal, wanting to keep the Iran deal going, and Flynn's awareness of how bad it is. And it wasn't effective. The Iran deal is gone. But that's because President Trump came into power, and it, he, it was President Trump that was going to rectify the situation. Prophecy brings out that he was going to save America temporarily uh, from the Obama administration and the attacks that Obama would have uh, internally in the United States and also around the world as well. This was the chief uh, foreign policy objective, as stated as such, by the Obama administration was the Iran nuclear deal, an absolutely catastrophic deal that by the end of it would see Iran with the ability to make a nuclear weapon. To make a nuclear weapon. That's what it did. The sunset clauses were the very big weakness of this deal. After 10 years, they can actually make a nuclear weapon. That was the Iran deal. And in the meantime, they get hundreds of thousands of hundreds of billions of dollars to fund their terrorist campaigns across the Middle East. What was he doing? Why would Obama want to do that when there were no fruits of change? No fruits of change within the Islamic Republic of Iran. Remember, we were sold by the echo chamber that the reason Obama was pursuing this deal is because President Rouhani was a moderate and he just come into power. And so we're going to make the most of this situation and see if we can turn Iran, Iran around, make them a part of the community of nations. And then they would have no reason to fight against anybody else. Then they could share the neighborhood, as they said, with the Saudis. They could share the neighborhood with the Israelis. That's what they said. But of course, we know subsequent events and revelations have brought out that the nuclear deal was, and the deal with Iran was in the works before Rouhani was even even, uh, elected as president. They were working on this and wanted to pursue this back when Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, the firebrand, was president of Iran. They wanted this far before then, so don't believe what we were sold, that this was a result of a change of leadership inside Iran. No change of leadership took place, and yet they went after this deal. And so they pursued it hard for for years, and they finally got it in July of 2015, and then it was, uh, well, actually, that's when it was technically signed, although it wasn't signed, that's when it was agreed upon, and then going towards January 16, 2016 is when it was implemented, this deal. But let's get back to Flynn briefly. This was one of the first days that Flynn was in office. I think this was sometime in early February of 2017. And this was a statement that Flynn gave in response to what Iran did. I think they just fired 
uh, the Houthis, one of the Iranian-backed uh, proxy groups, just fired on a Saudi ship. And so notice the change in what he brings up here of what was going to happen under the Trump administration as compared to the Obama administration. Recent Iranian actions involving a provocative ballistic missile launch and an attack against a Saudi naval vessel conducted by Iran-supported Houthi militants underscore what should have been clear to the international community all along about Iran's destabilizing behavior across the entire Middle East. The recent ballistic missile launch is also in defiance of UN Security Council Resolution 2231, which calls upon Iran not to undertake any activity related to ballistic missiles designed to be capable of delivering nuclear weapons, including launches using such ballistic missile technology. These are just the latest of a series of incidents in the past six months in, in which Houthi forces that Iran has trained and armed have struck Emirati and Saudi vessels and threaten United States and allied vessels transiting the Red Sea. In these and other similar activities, Iran continues to threaten U.S. friends and allies in the region. The Obama administration failed to respond adequately to Tehran's malign actions, including weapons transfers, support for terrorism, and other violations of international norms. The Trump administration condemns such actions by Iran that undermine security, prosperity, and stability throughout and beyond the Middle East, and place, which places American lives at risk. President Trump has severely criticized the various agreements reached between Iran and the Obama administration, as well as the United Nations, as being weak and ineffective. Instead of being thankful to the United States in these agreements, Iran is now feeling emboldened. As of today, we are officially putting Iran on notice. Thank you. As of today, he said, we're putting Iran on notice. Totally different to what was happening between the Obama administration and the Trump administration. This is what Flynn was going to do. This was what he was, he was, he was brought in to do. And then that was on February 1st, actually, the week following. Then the call uh, that took place with Kislyak earlier, which was the Ukrainian ambassador, um, which was a completely normal call to make for an incoming, administ- for an incoming administration. That was then leaked to the press by the Obama administration and by February 12th, uh, for other reasons as well, uh, Flynn was gone. Flynn was gone. And so you had him coming in, into power as the, the strategic advisor, um, national security advisor for President Trump, and then within a couple of weeks he was gone. And that, no doubt, obviously made uh, President Obama quite happy. Of course, Flynn was actually, what's interesting is he was going to look into more secret documents and secret uh, dealings that Iran had with the Obama administration through the arrangement of the nuclear deal. There's probably more to come out that's buried somewhere in the files, and Flynn knew where to find stuff uh, inside the Pentagon and elsewhere, inside the security agencies, and so they were also worried that he would get access to that um, as this article brings out. So there's probably more to come out about the, the Iran nuclear deal and what Obama was saying to the Iranians that hasn't made it to the press just yet. So it wasn't, though, that surprising that Obama wanted to get him gone. Flynn had been working to expose how bad Iran was for years. They were about to investigate the files that, that were taken from Osama bin Laden's lair uh, when he was captured and... Obviously, Osama bin Laden was killed. I think it was 2011. They took all these documents, but the documents hadn't really been gone through to the degree that that um, Flynn thought they needed to be gone through. So he brought together his team, and they were going to go up to Virginia 
uh, where they were going to look through some of these files. This is what Michael Pregent said. Everything was set. We had our hotel reservations, a team of translators, and access to all the drives of the National Media Exploitation uh, Exploitation Center. Then I get a call in the middle of the night from a guy who was running our team, and he said that Brennan, who was the CIA director at the time and National Security Advisor Susan Rice, had pulled the plug. So they were going to look into these files, and this was a team led by Flynn with a number of others. <clears throat> but before they could do so, the... The search got cancelled straight from the White House. Smith continues, The administration was, it appears, clearing space for the Obama, for Obama to implement his big foreign policy idea, the Iran nuclear deal. Evidence that Tehran was coordinating with a terror group had slaught, and that had slaughtered thousands in Manhattan and at the Pentagon would make it harder to convince American lawmakers of the wisdom in legitimizing Iran's nuclear weapons program. What was the information about Al-Qaeda's ties to Iran that Flynn wanted his CENTCOM team to get out? According to published news reports, the Bin Laden database included letters about Iran's role, influence, and acknowledgement of enabling Al-Qaeda operatives to pass through Iran as long as Al-Qaeda did its dirty work against the Americans in Iraq and Afghanistan. One of those letters showed that Al-Qaeda was working on chemical and biological weapons in Iran. And so right as Obama was going to trying to go through with his nuclear deal and push that, you had Flynn going to investigate the, Obama, the, the uh, Osama bin Laden papers purely to find evidence that this uh, nation that was about to sit down with the United States and get lots of money and eventually access to nuclear weapons had just supported the September 11 terrorist attacks in the United States. The Obama administration did not want that to come out. Didn't want it to come out. And so that got canned. Then Smith writes this about the actual nuclear deal itself. The fact that parts of the deal restricting Iran's activities were due to expire beginning in 2020 until all restrictions were gone and the regime's nuclear program was legal showed that it was a phony deal. And these are the sunset clauses that Obama didn't really want to talk about. And they wanted to talk about centrifuges and all these other things that make things a little bit confusing for everybody, and the media just jumped on it. There obviously was a handful of honest reporters that he said that were trying to cover it, but there weren't enough details that are being released by the Obama administration to let the public know whether it was a good deal or a bad deal. But these sunset clauses, they did, they were the things that Israel attacked as being the worst part of this deal, is that Iran gets a lot of, lots of money, and at the end of it, they can still have a... a Legitimate nuclear program. Obama was simply bribing the Iranians with hundreds of billions of dollars in sanctions relief and hundreds of billions more in investment to refrain from building a bomb until he was safely gone from the White House, when the Iranian bomb would become someone else's problem. The Obama team thought that even the Israelis wouldn't dream of touching Iran's nuclear program so long as Washington vouchsafed the deal. They called Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu an expletive. Uh, then, then it says this: If Obama was, and this gets this this gets down to what I want to cover, and 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 the main point of this article, I believe, which gets back to the motivation that Obama had for the nuclear deal. Again, Flynn Flynn was fired partly over his express determination to stop the nuclear deal and to stop the funding of Iran's terror campaign through cash from the United States and elsewhere. If Obama was just kicking the can down the road, why did he expend so much effort to get the deal? How was it essential to his legacy if it never actually was intended to stop Iran from getting a bomb? 
because, he writes, it was his instrument to secure an even more ambitious objective, to reorder the strategic architecture of the Middle East. Obama did not hide his larger goal. He told a, bi- a biographer, New Yorker editor uh, David Remnick, that he was establishing a geopolitical equilibrium between Sunni or predominantly Sunni Gulf states and Iran. According to the Washington Post, David Ignatius, who was another writer Obama used as a public messaging instrument, realignment was a great strategic opportunity for a new regional framework that accommodates the security needs of Iranians, Saudis, Israelis, Russians, and Americans. And so then Smith summarizes it this way. The catch to Obama's new inclusive, newly inclusive balancing framework was that upgrading relations with Iran would necessarily come at the expense of traditional partners targeted by Iran, like Saudi Arabia and most importantly, Israel. Obama never said that part out loud, but the logic isn't hard to follow. Elevating your enemy to the same level as your ally means that your enemy is no longer your enemy, and your ally is no longer your ally. Did you get that? What Obama was doing in the Middle East through the Iran nuclear deal was raising up Iran and lowering the allies to the point that your ally, as Smith says, is no longer your ally. Israel is no longer your ally if you are raising up the power that's sworn to their destruction. And that's what the Obama administration was doing. This is how uh, Smith completes his piece. Russiagate was not a hoax, as some uh, conservative journalists call it. Rather, it was a purposeful extension of the Obama administration's Iran deal media campaign and of the secret espionage operation targeting those opposed to Obama's efforts to realign American interests with those of a terrorist state that embodies the most corrosive forms of anti-Semitism. That's what he was doing. Aligning American interests with the greatest anti-Semitic state out there. Why would he do that? Smith doesn't know. He says it's hard. It's not hard to see why the previous president went after Flynn. The retired general's determination to undo the Iran deal was grounded in his own experience in uh, two Middle Eastern theaters of combat, where he saw how Iran murdered Americans and threatened American interests. But why Obama would choose the Islamic Republic as a partner and encourage tactics typically employed by third world powered police states remains a mystery. Why would he side with the Islamic Republic of Iran? Why would he side with a terrorist state that embodies the most corrosive forms of anti-Semitism? No doubt the government of Israel was wondering about that at the same time. They were very aware of what the United States were doing. Israel was spying on the United States just as uh, the United States was spying on Israel to find out what were these deal, what was the deal that was being made. Israel wanted to know. Israel wanted to know whether they they should go ahead and attack Iran's nuclear facilities while they still had time. They were worried, and they had reason to worry. What's the motive here? What's the motive of President Obama here? And indeed, Lee Smith can't see it. He doesn't know. Why is he going to this these great lengths to empower our enemy? Well, our editor-in-chief, Mr. Gerald Flurry, has written an article on this subject. It actually came out about a year before Flynn was fired. And it's entitled, What Inspires President Obama's Relationship with Israel? 
We've talked about this quite a lot. Uh, we talked about this a few programs ago when we were discussing what happened back in 2015 and why President Obama wanted to bring Prime Minister Netanyahu down. Made plenty of sense why he wanted to bring him down because the Israelis were releasing to the public as much as they could about how bad the Iran nuclear deal was. And Obama's people infiltrated the the campaign well, colluded with the campaign to bring Netanyahu down, the V15 campaign, One Voice campaign at the time. And the State Department actually funded uh, the company's uh, grassroots campaign to go out and get more votes amongst the Arab public uh, to try and bring Netanyahu down at the time. They funded that because, again, Obama's goal here in the Middle East was to raise up Iran to the detriment of Israel. But this article, I really want you to read it. What inspires President Obama's relationship with Israel? And it talks about everything that Obama had done to to build up Iran um, and also did at the UN or would go on to do at the UN as well, that final parting shot against Israel by not vetoing the resolution that called every house, Israeli house or Jewish house in East Jerusalem or even where the Western Wall is, occupied territory. That's what he did as that final parting shot. Why? Why do such a thing? Why such animus against the Jewish state? It's illogical, especially for an American president. Well, this article definitely goes into it goes into why. And what's a really a really something that we need to consider is what would have happened if the Iran nuclear deal wasn't nixed? What wouldn't would have happened if President Trump didn't decide to turn over the deal? to suffocate Iran from cash. What now, four years on, if the Iran nuclear program was able to continue under the guise of the nuclear deal, because that's what it did, just delayed it, but they could still work on a lot of facets of it, and they were getting lots and lots of money. What would have happened to Israel? Mr. Gerald Flurry wrote an article about when Donald Trump came to be president. It's called Saving America from the Radical Left Temporarily. And in there, he talks about how if Hillary Clinton won, that he feels that America would have lost its constitutional democracy. That's how serious it was. If there were four more years, really, of of President Obama's campaign or, or leadership, that's what it would have been. Well, what would have happened politically then? If that's true, what would have happened internationally? If the foreign policy objectives of President Obama were left unchecked by a new president that, regardless of Flynn or not, was going to do away with the Iran nuclear deal, that's something definitely to consider, especially considering the prophecies about who President Trump is and the position he holds. There's a prophecy that's recorded over in Second Kings chapter 14, and it talks about a modern-day Jeroboam, Jeroboam typed by Jeroboam II, who would be raised up by God to save Israel temporarily. And that's what we've seen take place, not just the state of Israel, but also the other nations of Israel. Christopher Eames, again, has been going through these programs to show you who they are. And we can see that there was a president in the United States that desired wholeheartedly to take down the nations of Israel, including the Jewish state, as evidenced by his support for Israel's number one enemy. That was his desire. And yet, that was stopped in its tracks temporarily by this political figure that came out of nowhere. Trump, 
President Trump, in the form of this modern-day type of Jeroboam, was saving Israel temporarily uh, by getting out of the Iran nuclear deal and by flipping over the tables uh, inside uh, the United States as well to stop what was going on. But as that prophecy indicates, and as Mr. Flurry has written in his book, Great Again, and I'll leave a link for you in the show notes of that booklet, it will take you through these prophecies that really does show you clearly how things were going south fast for the modern states of Israel. And then, out of nowhere it seems, you had somebody that came and destroyed destroyed that nuclear deal and gave America, the West, and really the, the world a temporary reprieve a temporary bit of time. Now, why would, why would God do that? As those scriptures bring out, and as the book Great Again discusses, it was all about God's mercy, giving this world some extra time to turn to him and to recognize the state of the world, where it was going, and to, to repent. And so I really do suggest that you request this book and read it. Read it alongside your, alongside your Bible. Look at the two administrations, the previous one and this one, and look at the shift, the direction, the change in shift. It's absolutely stunning. And you can know that both of those administrations and the character of those administrations, they were prophesied in your Bible thousands of years ago, and they are proof. They are proof of where we are in biblical prophecy as well. So please go ahead and request that book. You can get it for free at watchjerusalem.co.il. If you want to send some feedback to our program, our podcast, you can do so by writing your emails to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. Thanks for listening.